women's featherweight division is coming next week as well. Willow Nightingale taking on Ashley Vox next week. Looking forward to that one for sure as the women's division, the women's featherweight division coming next week. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Rice and Rolls of Pro Wrestling with your host, Mr. Green. I am he, and we are going into the podcast. And uh, for those who did not uh, listen, tune in last uh, release, I won't say last week, but the last release, um, you may notice something a little different within the course of this podcast and that it is not going to be all women's wrestling there will be a mlw fusion alpha review and i did discuss why i was doing those um in the last one but i will do a brief recap in that i was contacted and asked hey would i be interested in uh reviewing the shows that along with the fact that mlw is now set to have a women's division which in their world they call a featherweight division and i'll go into that a little bit later on I thought it was, you know, a pretty good thing. I have enjoyed the first show, and I'm on the second one now. Now, I will say that this show is a bit late because uh, the the email that I got it from, you know, the the screener that I got it was um, kind of so for whatever reason it got kind of it wasn't in my spam, but it was in uh, if you got a Gmail account, you know, you got your primary, you got your social, you got your 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 promotional. And it's somehow the second episode got flooded into my promotion. I didn't even know it was there. I thought they just sent me one for one week and I was it. But I was cleaning stuff out. I was like, oh, man, okay, here it is. So, you know, I, I decided, all right, well, it, apparently I am going to have to crank out two of them this week. So you will, I'll keep your eyes open for that. And there's always news in the world of wrestling. So, you know, that that's no big deal. It's, there's always content to talk about always content to cover uh before i go into the the uh major content here or at least the content as it relates to the women's uh wrestling side of the world i would like to say for those of you that are listening please give a stop by to our website wpnwrestling.com uh, again wpnwrestling.com that is the nexus for everything you get podcasts like this you get the uh, 24-hour stream of our shows, and I know a couple of people have gone on there and actually have gone on and uh, contacted some of the advertisers that run through that stream. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know who you are specifically, but thank you because those things do help support uh, the, the, the site, the channel, all of it. So uh, thank you uh, for whoever you are, wherever you are. We appreciate it very much. Also, 
Um, we're going to be attaching the Teespring's link onto the site. So uh, when we have more shirts and things like that that are being added on regularly, you will be able to go on and purchase those items. That also helps the the growth of the, the channel and the site. And I know there have been some people that ask, you know, hey, would you get so-and-so to have a match with this, that, and the other? Well, you know, I, I would. Those, <laughs> and we, We've done it here and there, but it's not been a regular thing because, you know, you, you're trying to pay fairly for, for the talent that you have coming in. And that, you know, when you're doing this, and when I say we, I mean me, you're doing this out of pocket, that can get a little uh, costly at, at times, but... Uh, you know, I still work on it. I still try to get the people in there because I know the, the matches are what a lot of people tune into the channel specifically to see. So, uh, always, always working on that. And your support goes a long way in helping that out. So, uh, yeah, the the purchases of T-shirts, the going to our website and viewing the, uh, the stream, supporting the sponsors that do come aboard, going to the uh, YouTube channel. All of that, sharing it with, with your friends, all of that helps. So I want to say thank you to everyone for that. Now, let's get to the news. And we have to start off with one that is, uh, I want to say it's kind of lingering. It actually just kind of popped up uh, a couple of hours before I sat down to do this, this podcast. But it does tie into something that I have long given a lot of uh, review or criticism towards. And so we're going to get into that. Tessa Blanchard has returned or is preparing to return to professional wrestling. Now, the obvious question would be where exactly would she be going? So I'd say she's kind of returned to professional wrestling and that she's signed up to go back to WOW. Apparently, after a year and a half of not doing much of anything uh, as a free agent, you know, she's listed as a former Impact World's Champion, and she is. But uh, it has been reported, and I want to say who it is reported by Fightful Select. Okay, so that is a subscription service. If you want to see it, you'd have to be paying to get that information. But uh, by Fightful, they are reporting that. A relaunched version of WOW, Women of Wrestling, is set to be announced with a press conference scheduled for Wednesday night, October 6th. That is tomorrow as I am recording this. It may be today or the past by the time you're listening to this. But um, this is another relaunch for this promotion, TV show, whatever you want to call it. This is probably the fourth relaunch that they've had in the time that wow has existed so i don't know uh other than that they say that she's the only name that the company has uh has attached to it so far um then oh yeah they said a, a unnamed former wild talent which could at this point be anybody i mean really wow I will say WOW has had a lot of talents coming in, but whether that's somebody that's a uh, bona fide wrestler like Jesse Smothers or, or Jesse Bell or or uh, Kiara Hogan or Diamante or whether that's one of the girls who was 
strictly a wild girl and nothing else like the beast or uh steffi slays or lana star i mean you know so that that's that's pretty up and down with that well unnamed former wild talent they didn't even say a former wild champion they, they you know wild talent is very very vague so i wouldn't even bother with that the uh, the only name that matters in this report is tessa blanchard now a lot of people question why she didn't go to WWE or why she didn't go to AEW. Uh, by all accounts and all reports, and I don't know if this is true, so I'm not going to sit here and back it up. You know, unless I've unless I've talked to somebody who could tell me with firsthand experience that they disliked or had a, a bad uh, verbal experience or just the uh, the issues of talking to Tessa Blanchard is some kind of problem. And I've heard all of those things, but, you know, I mean, probably in the same locations that you have. A lot of news reports saying that she's got a lot of heat. You know, AEW didn't really want to touch her at the time. You know, she she had a lot of fallout with that uh, reports of her bullying people backstage, using racial slurs and just overall being hard to kind of deal with the same same kind of reports that you got when she was at the first Mae Young Classic. That everybody assumed that she would be a shoe in to get signed coming off of the first Mae Young Classic, and they was like, "Well, she's kind of difficult to deal with backstage." Again, I don't know how true that is. I don't know if that's something that uh is just reports for reports' sake, or if you know. But I will say this. When you get a lot of different reports from a lot of different sources and a lot of different people saying essentially the same thing, whether it's totally true or not, there's probably some smoke to that fire. And, you know, as a talent, I like Tessa Blanchard. She, she's exceptionally good in the ring. Bell to bell, she can go. But you've heard this. I've heard this. You know, most people listening to this have heard this for some time now. And at this point, I'm like, you know what? There's probably some smoke to that fire at this stage. When, you know, AEW of all places, I mean, because they were signing everybody. Like almost everybody under the sun, they were scooping up. If you had any sort of name value to you at all, you were probably getting signed by AEW at some point. So, you know, for her not to have gone there was a little bit surprising. Not so once we heard all this other information. But, you know, it was surprising uh, prior to that knowledge, prior to the knowledge of knowing that she had some alleged issues backstage. Uh, the WWE, same thing. We, we've heard that it, that was uh, just something they decided to pass on. So it makes me wonder is if WOW is there because there's really not a lot of option left. I, I mean, yes. Do I think that it will change over the years or over time? Yeah, I think it'll change. I think she'll get to some point where somebody be willing to play ball with her or at least take a chance on it. But uh, at this stage, is it because WoW is the only option that's there? I, you know, you, you would think that some of these other places, I mean, there, there's a lot of other locations. Well, I don't say a lot, but there's a couple of other locations. Ring of Honor, MLW, which just opened up their women's division and has like two or three former wild uh, wrestlers in it. 
Uh, Impact, but I, I well, let's not say Impact. I think she burned a bridge with Impact, so we'll, we'll we'll take that one off the table. Speaking of Impact, I will sidebar here for a moment to say it probably wasn't a good idea to put their world championship on her. Uh, it, I, it just wasn't. It just was not a good idea, and I know part of that was Impact wanting to, you know, be the ones to make the history. Because with the WWE at the time, and I stress at the time, because they certainly don't look like they're doing it now. At the time, wanting to push their women's narrative, and you know, we, you know, we we love our women superstars, and it's the first this, and the first that, and the first main event, and the first Royal Rumble, and yada yada yada. It felt like it was only a matter of time before they got to a point where it was going to be like, all right, well, they're going after the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship or something like that. And skip over, you know, being women's champion altogether. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that because I'm not a fan of, you know, intergender wrestling per se unless it's got a really strong story behind it or a strong angle behind it. But uh, it felt like the WWE was heading that path, and and Impact seemed like they well we just we'll just do the next best thing. They got the first main event, first women's main event at WrestleMania. We'll we'll have the first women's world champion period, and they did that. They get they gave her the title amidst all of that crap, amidst all of the allegations, amidst all of the you know the 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 social media backlash that she caught for for saying some some comment that you know basically unleashed the gates of hell on her like if women stood by each other we you know we get a lot further so I, that's not it verbatim but that's basically what it was which opened up everybody's like who are you to talk about standing by each other i remember when you did this backstage and somebody else to chime in and somebody else to chime in and somebody else to chime in and all she could basically do is like, you know, in so many words, she called everybody a liar. Like five, like, like five or six different people. And you would think that at that point, that's probably another good reason why she's not in any of these locker rooms because they don't want her there. You know, you got a lot of places that have your Chelsea Greens and your La Rosa Negras and you know, your your Allison K's, you know, that that's the NWA, that's Impact Wrestling, that's some of the independents shine and shimmer right there alone that I just named. You know? These are and that's just a few of the places. If I'm sure if I went back and looked it up, I would probably find at least six or seven girls who had some sort of issue with Tessa Blanchard based on that statement alone. And Impact, despite all of that despite it all, decided to go through with their plans and we're going to put the belt on her. Big mistake. It didn't get nearly depressed that it that it was, I guess, should have gotten. And it wasn't nearly the moment that they should have had. They don't even acknowledge it on TV. It's not like they ever bring it up. It's like with everything that they were looking to get off of her becoming the world's champion, it was for nothing. Like I said, they don't acknowledge it. You don't see footage of it. They don't talk about it. If they can get around even mentioning her in the list of champions, they you know they don't bring it up. They just, you know, it's almost like it never happened. 
They stood to gain nothing from that. And then the end result of that was worse. She showed up, she did a couple of TVs as the champion. But then beyond that, it was like, all right, well, no, I'm not coming in. Now, granted, there was a pandemic going on. So I can't really blame her in that regard. But I don't know how difficult it is to pick up your phone and record some promos for them and email them or Dropbox it or send it to Google Drive or whatever. These are things that I can do. It's not like it's uh, you know a big technological feat to do those things. But it didn't happen. Now, we've not heard Tessa Blanchard's side of the story. I mean, she she might have she might have some new light in it, like, well, they didn't pay me, so I decided not to do it. She might be like, well, I'm just technologi- technologically inept. I mean, she might have any number of reasons why she didn't. I don't know. So I don't want to, you know, I try not to crap on anybody totally without hearing that the other side of it either, but we, we never got that. You know, for all intents and purposes, we never got that. Which leads me back to the, the thing that I was just saying, that it was a it was a waste of time for Impact Wrestling to do that. And I'm sure it has marred any thought that they've had about doing anything similar in the future. I know Jordan Grace had gotten some X Division championship matches and title shots against Rohit Raju uh, shortly following that, but other than that, I was like, they're not trying to mix those. You know, they're not trying to cross the streams anymore. You know, the women stay with the women, the men stay with the men. For the most part. I mean, they still had Chelsea Green take on the same guy, Rohit. So, I don't know. The end result is, you know, the, the whole question is, you know, did she have any other alternative? I mean, because I, I know from everything that I remember in the past with WoW, she was highly spoken of in the WOW organization. She was the face. She was the face of that organization for a while. You know, they had her on Access TV doing the interviews and they did the, the, the commercial spots and all that stuff. Now, granted, yeah, she was the champion, but, you know, it's not like they, you know, didn't decide that beforehand. So she, she had a lot of oomph behind her within that company. And... Clearly, whatever issues that she has in the wrestling world, they do not affect her in WoW. WoW is wrestling, but it it is kind of not. It doesn't carry the same implications when somebody may or do something, you know, maybe does something stupid. And I would doubt that they probably even knew about it. And if they did know about it, they just don't care. Unless somebody brings it up. That would be the only time that they care about it. If it somehow affects WoW's relaunch. Now, speaking of WoW's relaunch, there is no official date. We have talked about this. Like this is, like I said, the fourth, maybe fifth relaunch out of a hiatus that they've had. But to be clear, she is signed, and we'll get more information about it uh, during the press conference, uh, assumably. But uh, as it is right now, there's only two names, one of which they haven't even released. But uh, other than that, there's no roster to speak of. And the relaunch is not scheduled to happen immediately or imminently. So even though that this is happening, it could be another year, quite possibly, before you ever see anything about WoW. 
So anybody that's out there that's listening to this, because I know there's several people that are always like, when are y'all coming back? When is y'all coming back? When are y'all doing TV shows? They're, they're not. They're not doing any TV shows. You know, some people did not listen to the review that I did or, or the report that I did on WOW a couple of months ago. WOW was canceled. For whatever reason, WOW never acknowledged that or they never told people, hey, we're no longer associated with access. However they wanted to put their spin on it, they never brought that up. So you have a lot of people that are on their social media that's constantly asking questions that they do not give answers to. More so than that, they do not inform their talents either. Uh, There's been several of them, a few that I've talked to, who I will not name because I know that they do not want to get caught up in that. But uh, they were not told about any plans about WOW. They weren't contacted about the relaunch. At least at least the ones that I've talked to. They haven't been contacted about any sort of relaunch. And uh, according to the Fightful report, the last that they heard from anything of WOW was from David McClain when they were asked not to post anything in regards, in regards to any controversies of alleged bullying surrounding Tessa Blanchard. So even there, he's aware of the uh, alleged bullying, we'll use their terms, but does not want to acknowledge that. Doesn't want to acknowledge it, doesn't want to bring it up, doesn't exist. So, you know, that, I don't know what to say about that. Because WOW isn't a big enough fish for anybody to really protest it or care. That, that's where they get to slip under the radar. They have a luxury that AEW and that the WWE simply do not. They can't hire somebody who's, who's been accused of being racist. And, and not just accused of being racist, accused of being racist in the public forum. They can't, you know, neither one of those companies can do that. And then you go down to the next tier of wrestlers, wrestling promotions, Ring of Honor, MLW, Impact Wrestling, NWA. None of them can do that. None of them can just decide that. Oh, look, I'm I'm not going. Uh, I'm not going to care about you and your racist comments. Going to work for me. They don't get. They don't get the chance to do that. If they know about it, they did. They can't do it. They have to cut bait. Look what happened to Tommy Dreamer. He made some stupid comments on that Dark Side of the Ring episode. Basically, dis- it wasn't racist, but basically dismissing a flight attendant and her experiences, her uncomfortable experiences with Ric Flair. And Tommy Dreamer more or less just brushed it off. Like, ah, oh, well, you know, that was that was the Nate being the Nate, and, you know, he's got a hammer on him, and I'd show that thing off too. And if she really was that upset about it, she should have sued. You know, all, all of that stuff. And they didn't waste no time cutting bait on him. No time. So you can imagine that they're not going to bother trying to sign somebody up who already got heat on them. That's just not going to happen. Even independent wrestling companies sometimes will avoid that, some of them. Now, some independent companies do not give a sh- I'm about to say something about them. I was about to have to bleep myself. But some, <laughs> but some independent wrestling companies do not care what your background is. And they'll hire you just because of your name. We see that time and time again. That dude, uh, ah, what was his name? He was on WWE television 
for a while. Carmella's lackey. Ah, crap. And, and I guess it'll come back to me later. But he he got a he had a, a whole deal where he was accused of uh, I can't say sexually assaulting, but is coercing a minor. I, I guess that would be it. I mean, because he he was he was communicating with a minor, you know, in in a very sexual tone where she showed you know. Uh, the pictures and all that stuff like that. Ah, uh, damn! What is that dude's name? Now I gotta look it up. So it, that that's gonna bother me. Ah, uh, see, we we'll look at money and there's money in the bank. As I know he was there, so that that's uh. Let's go with that. And that might help establish who this dude is. And I apologize, but that, that was just a, a, a random thought that hit my head. And now I really want to know. I, I, I really need to know who this dude is. And it and he helped. Carmella. That's all I can remember right now, and I cannot recall his name for the life of me. Ellsworth. James Ellsworth. There you go. Who, I'm sure if you look him up now, is probably listed as a sexual predator and all that stuff like that. But again, when you're independent, show they do not care they they'll give you opportunity after opportunity opportunity and unless you say something they will not even bother looking into it in fact one of them was going to defend it to me because i brought it up at one one of the posts that he had it was like you know it's like i can't believe that y'all hiring this dude and this was when he was fresh in the midst of it he was fresh into it the accusations were hot. And he was about to go right in and defend his decision. And he typed something and immediately deleted. Didn't didn't want to get into that. Now I don't remember if he kept on the show or not, but that's not a here nor there. But the point is, is that you're moving down the ladder at, at that point. When when you have to uh take those buckets of the people that don't care. I do not get the impression that the wild cares about whatever Tessa Blanchard did. They're, they're going to go back and they're going to treat her like the hero that they did when she was on there the first time. <sighs> so anyway, uh, one other thing that we know about the WoW uh, relaunch is that allegedly is tied into the NGW teasers that are running right now. Just I think they just started up a, a IG not all that long ago or Twitter. Uh, the only thing that you can really get off of that is that it is a women's promotion because they don't show any faces. They show bodies and they show, you know, slow motion, putting your gear on and all that stuff. They do not show show or identify anybody. So you don't know who's involved as far as the roster is concerned. And uh, you certainly um, 
Don't you know they they didn't even unleash what the name what the ng was, but from one of the hashtags, it's kind of safe to assume is uh, what, what was it next generation or something like that. So was it next generation? I'm not gonna look them up. Anyway, it was a Twitter account. They got hashtag expect more, which is uh you know their their little slot right now. And it it is assumed that this is going to be bursting on the scene as they, those are their words, uh, sometime next year. So we're talking 2022, and uh, it is new generation. That, that's what it was. That that was the phrase in 22 in 2022. It's out with the old and in with the new generation. So NGW, uh, we can we can fairly assume that the NG is for new generation wrestling. Now, uh, what the connection here is specifically, I don't know. They are reported as being uh, pretty much the one and the same as WOW and another uh, property owned by Jeannie Buss, who also owns the LA Lakers more famously. And she is attached to the project. which makes her technically owned the company. Genie Bus. I I don't know what I can say about her as a owner to this. She kind of reminds me of Ted Turner a little bit. And that Ted owned WCW, but he really didn't micromanage that. It was just another thing that he owned, amongst many things that he owned. I mean, he owned Cartoon Network. He owned the TBS. He owned TNT. He owned Turner Classic Movies. You know, he owned WCW. It, it was just one more thing that was in his personal portfolio. And there are times, and, you know, take this with a grain of salt because I haven't had the opportunity to talk to Jeannie Buss. But there are times I get the feeling like this is way in the back burner for anything that she's dealing with. I mean, first off, we know the L.A. Lakers are the money. She's never going to not pay attention to the Lakers. The Lakers are the money. That's where where the cash is coming in from. But uh, I'm really concerned about this because, again, this is not like she's just been introduced to this this company it's not like she's just introduced to wow it's not like she's just introduced to wrestling she was featured on wow back in 2000 when they first started doing it and i don't know if she was listed as the owner then but she was there and i can only assume that if they put her on the tv and start talking to her that she probably wasn't on her that relationship between genie buzz and david mcclain goes back at least two decades but at this stage, my real question is, and I went through this all before, I'm going to make it brief on this particular segment, is you should be doing something different than what you've been doing. And maybe that's what the NGW is. Maybe that's where they're coming down with. Maybe the NGW is their way to start this thing fresh and take a different route. Because I don't think WoW has the equity in it that they like to believe that it has. I mean, WoW is a is 
I guess, somewhat of a recognizable name and it's been around for a while, but it doesn't have nearly the, the backlog that, say, Shimmer does. And Shimmer only runs, like, what, twice a year? <laughs> but they've been doing it consistently. They, they have so many names that you can go back into their catalog and pick out, like, oh, yeah, remember when this person was in, this person, Mercedes Martinez and Natalie Neidhart and uh, Davina Rose, who became Bailey, and, you know, and uh, Rebecca Knox, who became Becky Lynch. And, you know, they got so much talent that has been on their in their footage. I mean, it's ridiculous. There's no way that that company should have outdone WOW over the course of the years, but they have because they keep producing. Same thing with Shimmer. I mean, not Shimmer, Shine. They keep producing. WOW hits a brick wall and they go away. And I'm not saying that a pandemic was no reason for them not to, to do anything because it was, you know, the world stopped. What can I say? I mean, it, with the exception of uh, WWE, AEW, and Impact, and Ring of Honor, the world pretty much stopped. Now, does that mean that they, you know, they should have gone and, and start producing shows along with them? You know, maybe. I mean, the, the only difference there is that they didn't have a TV deal for them to be forced into it. Like, if they didn't produce, and by them, I mean, the you know, the previous promotions I just named. If they didn't produce, they would be in violation of that contract. Now, they might have been able to fight it, you know, you know, based on what was happening, and you know, unprecedented around the world. So, but, you know, in worst case scenario, that, that might have been used as a loophole. Well, you ain't producing this content, so we don't have to pay you. That is the one element that... Uh, Wow did not have that the other ones did. They had to produce. Wow, unfortunately, because they were on Access TV, and I'm repeating myself from previous podcasts, but because they were on Access TV and Access had a uh, a in and ownership with Impact Wrestling, and they really didn't want any other wrestling on on the network uh, to supersede Impact. They got rid of the other ones. They got rid of New Japan. They got rid of WOW. And WOW hadn't been seen since. You know, this is one of those points that's like, you know, maybe they should start looking to some different outlets. And I know that this is all a matter of them, you know, utilizing what they know. They got TV connections. We want to be back on TV. This is what we produce it for. And they shoot a bunch of episodes, you know, and, and cut them down and then air it. But I think it's time for them to start finding a different way to do this because that way is not working. They literally have hours of footage right now that have never seen the light of day. Never. And it's probably not going to see the light of day. They're just sitting in the vault somewhere and the people that shot it got paid for what they did and they probably will not be utilized beyond that point. But um, you know what, we're not going to keep on that because uh, there is a press conference that is coming tomorrow and we're going to try our best to tune into it and see exactly where they're going and what they're doing going forward. Anyway, so uh, quick notes before I get into uh, MLW's review. We know that the WWE has a 
tournament for the women that are coming up. Uh, it, it's been referred to very often as the Queen of the Ring, but that is not the official name. The official name has been released, and it is going to be the Queen's Crown Tournament. So there we have it. The equivalent to the King of the Ring for WWE is the Queen's Crown Tournament, which is uh, kind of odd. Well, not odd because you know Impact Wrestling has been doing that kind of crown thing for years now. Even though their problem is they never acknowledge on that TV. I'm sure when the Queen's Crown happens, whoever wins it is going to be acknowledged on TV as uh, she's the queen of, of the ring or whatever the, heck, whatever the case may be. Uh, my, my first initial guess is going to be Charlotte because she's got to win. I mean, they shoehorned her and everything everything else. She's got to win, and she's got to win that uh, – that uh that crown if not now she's definitely gonna do it next year you better believe if there's something for women to win within this company charlotte flair is going to do it so we have that also the uh knockouts knockdown i, I was i skipped over that that's happening uh this saturday i believe that'll be on uh impact plus plus impact plus It'll be on Impact Plus. I'm pronouncing things wrong. Adding a T where it shouldn't be. Uh, but, yeah, if you got the server uh, service, uh, you should tune into that. I, and, you know, I've uh, talked up about Impact Plus. Uh, the only thing that, that I've disliked about it is that they seem to, for whatever reason, they disconnect off my Roku a lot. I don't know why because I have to keep logging in. Makes drives me up the damn wall. But the service in and of itself uh, watching the the footage and the matches and all that stuff is cool. I just wish they had a a a match select button or you know something like that. They they don't, but you know, perhaps one of these days they will uh, listen and uh, and do something about it, upgrade it, if you will. Uh, we know that uh, Kara Hogan is not all officially. She's all elite. I think I said that on the last time, but, you know, for those who were not aware, she has left Impact Wrestling and she's gone over to AEW. She decided to take a chance on herself in, in her words. Well, you know, more or less. Mercedes Martinez will be making an impact at Impact. <laughs> uh, she will appear on uh, the October 7th broadcast. She'll be Tagging with Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans as they take on Kimberly and Brandy Lauren and Lady Frost. Uh, I'm not overly fond of the, uh, the the undead thing because it it leaves too much room for them to want to start doing goofy stuff. Like I will, you know, I'll, I'll go back to uh, Extreme Rules in a second because I want to just briefly talk about the women's matches there specifically the uh, Alexa bliss. But yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not overly a fan of that just be, for those reasons alone, because they, they always have to keep pushing this supernatural narrative, which, you know, it admittedly, it was kind of entertaining and cool at the beginning where you get to see this. Oh man, that's great. You know, uh, the broken universe thing from back in the day. Cause that basically all where it all started with uh impact. The broken universe, so thereby, you know, they, they've kept doing it. It's like ever since then, they just had to keep doing it. 
And now they they've kept doing it. They got the dark universe, and you know, got possessions and and this, that, and the other. You know, and that is is just is too far. They they should just let that go. Just let it go. It's, it's enough. That whole run of you know we, we you know these people got supernatural powers is just ridiculous at this point. Like I said, it was cool to begin with, but when you apply some logic to it, it's like, why is this happening? You know, that, and that's all it takes. It doesn't even take you thinking hard about it. Like, if you got all these supernatural powers, why are you losing? For what reason is Deanna Perrazzo able to knock you out with a power drop? When you clearly have the ability to trans transfer yourself from one dimension to the next and, you know, shoot beams of energy and possess other people's bodies and stuff like that. Why is this mortal person able to defeat you? What happened to all these superpowers of yours? Anyway, I, I'm I'm getting off track. I just I just had to vent there for a second. The lineup for the knockouts knockdown uh twenty twenty one, which again airs Saturday, October 9th. These are the matches. Uh, as is you know listed currently, because everything is subject to change. You have the eight-woman tournament match with the winner getting the future knockouts title shot, which I will go on record to say right now, I am happy that they're doing it because they have never done it before. Every year that they had these knockout, knockout, knockouts, knockdown tournaments, they have always just had the match. They had somebody win, and it was almost like they, they never acknowledged it ever again. They never acknowledged that whatsoever. It, if you didn't order the pay-per-view, you wouldn't even know that that existed. So it is uh, it's nice to see them do that. Uh, the Knockouts Championship match that is, that is happening that night is listed as Deanna Perrazzo versus To Be Determined. So I don't know if the uh, if they're going to have the match and then have that person challenge the same night, which I, I guess that that sounds like they're they're gonna do it. I mean, who knows? You know that I, I that's that's the only way that I can really see this because otherwise, why is it To Be Determined to begin with? They they should just you know announce who it is, but seemingly it is going to have to go through the this eight-woman tournament and find out. Now, my personal pick with that would be Mercedes Martinez, but that would also be like the second knockouts match that she would have inside of a month's time. Although, the first one that she had is taking place at an independent wrestling event, so in, in, in Impact Wrestling World, that doesn't count. Uh, you also had the Knockouts Tag Team Championship match. Who you got the champions, the Decay, which is uh, uh, the, the I was about to say Crazy Steve, but yes, he's in Decay, but he's not defending the Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Havoc and Rosemary again. You know, Rosemary with her superpowers and whatnot, and they are going to be taking on the Influence, which is uh, uh, the. Madison Rain and 
to Neil Dashwood. I was going, I was like, why, why am I having such a blank in my mind right now? But yeah, but to Neil Dashwood and Madison Rain. Madison Rain, whose uh, retirement from wrestling lasted for all of like a year, maybe I don't know, a little over. So she's back, and now she's going after the Knockouts Tag Team Championship with her new best friend, to Neil Dashwood, who they will have Caleb with K in the corner when they when they. Uh, uh, go after the belts. I actually would like to see the influence win that. I would like to see them overcome and get the get the championships and uh, be the heel tag team that they probably need in that company right now, or at least the heel tag team that the women's division needs. Uh, because I think that Dashwood and Madison Rain will be more interesting as heel champions than the. the than decay would. I mean, quite honestly, that that's nothing against them, but I just I just think so. Um, we also have a match which is clearly there for uh, a remembrance of Daphne. They already have that kind of listed, but this specific match is going to be in remembrance of her. It is a Monsters Ball match, and the participants are to be determined also. But um, it is uh, we know who that's for. Daphne is one half of the only women, along with uh, uh, Taylor Wilde, who took place in it in a, in a Monsters Ball match, which is basically their version of like uh, tables, eyes, and chairs, and what have you. Just an extreme rules match. Everything goes. Uh, so that that would be interesting. Now, generally speaking, I'm not a fan of uh, you know women getting into super duper extreme matches where they're going to get bloodied and whatnot. But Impact Wrestling doesn't really go that far. Now, there's some women out on the independent circuit that will really do well inside of that because they're willing to take it. Uh, Mickey Knuckles being one, she's come back. She, But I will give her Mickey Knuckles credit. She never officially announced retirement. She just said she was done. So, uh I guess she's changed her mind. She's back. Uh, Randy West, she also would be good in it. Saradox, she also would be good. I mean, these these are women who would do great in this. And this is the venue for that because the knockouts knockdown is traditionally always taking women who were not signed to that company and put them onto a platform, which, you know, some of them need it. Some of them still need. So it would be great to see that. But uh, I I will hold I'm not gonna hold judgment of the of the show and the Monsters Ball until I see it. I'm sure they will do everything in their power to make this show work and that match work. The commentary team will be all female team. Mickey James, who is uh signed to the NWA but somehow appearing here. And Veda Scott, they will be providing the commentary. So I can only imagine, given what has happened between Mickey James and Deanna Perrazzo over the last few weeks, that uh, James is going to get in Perrazzo's face or something of that nature, but we'll, we will see. And this will also be uh, announced by ring announcer Melissa Santos. So she is back doing ring announcements. Of course, she hasn't done it for impact but you know some people know her from 
uh, Lucha Underground and what have you. So there we are with uh, that bit of information. It should be a uh, interesting show to say the least. Uh, MLW Fusion Alpha number two. This is, uh, I have to say it again, a beautiful looking show. Uh, very crisp. And they started out kind of showing that very beautiful crisp shot over the bridge, Philly. Um, the first thing I thought about when I was looking at this is that this is a, a huge change from what MLW was to what it is today. MLW, when it first was created, was essentially like a, a ECW clone. Now that was back in uh, what 2002. So you know th- that was that was a point in time where you had a lot of different companies looking to try to fill the void of what happened in the wrestling world, where ECW died and WCW died. And, uh, yeah, the original version of that was, yeah, it was back in 2002. And it relaunched in 2017. So it was it was um, a, a massive difference between the two of them. This looks far more like a combat sport more than anything. And I, I, I dig it. It, it. it looks good. Uh, the first match you had here, and I'm going to try to pronounce these names correctly, Aries and Aramis, Aries and Aramis. Uh, this was listed as a super lucha match. Um, but as the announcers are talking about the match upcoming, the contra unit hacks in to threaten Hammerstone. Hammerstone is the guy who is going to be challenging for the world's championship from Jacob Fatu uh, at their big upcoming event, which is Fightland. So, you know, everything is kind of pointing you in that direction. That's, that's one thing I will say. Uh, MLW Fusion has done a good job of making sure that everything is uh, aimed towards, a, or I should say, MLW Fusion Alpha. That's the official name of the show. So everything is pointing you towards this, and they're making it a big deal, and they talk about how this is the biggest match in our company's history and so on and so forth. Um, So that's why you have the Contra unit hacking in, threatening Hammerstone. Like, you know, before the night's over, basically, you're going to get yours. I mean, now that's not what they said specifically, but that's, that's a translation, if you will. Um, but we go back to the ring, go back to the match. Aries and Aramis, especially on the first half of this match, they look so fluid together, so fluid together, moves and counter moves. And the thing that got me, and I only say this about the first half of the match, not the later half, but the first half of the match is that they managed to do all of this, all these moves and counter moves, without it looking like obvious cooperation. Like We get that a lot. We get a lot of times where people are like, okay, I can clearly see that they're working together, and I'm standing here for you to do that. But they managed to do all of this stuff as beautiful as it looked without it looking like it was just, okay, wait your turn. You do this, I do that. You know, It, it, it looked like they were 
legit doing move and counter move there for a while. Now, it didn't end that way, but that's that's what it looked like. Um, they had ran a fight land spot during the match, but you didn't lose anything off of that. I mean, it, it was it was almost like they didn't even uh, – it was almost like the commercial for fight land took up no time in that break in, in the match whatsoever. You left with them on the floor, and you came back with them on the floor. It's almost like they hadn't even moved. But uh, this ends with Aramis giving a spinning blue thunderbomb. Now, they st- said it started off in a torture rack, which he did. And, it was, and he went into this multi-rotation airplane spin and spun him out to a, a powerbomb. Boom, one, two, three, he gets the win. Ends on a good note. The both of them shake hands and hug, and, you know, the, the crowd is into it. And it is a, it was a very easy match to get into. Uh, even if you didn't know either one of these guys, and I didn't know either one of these guys, uh, it was very easy to take in just on the basis of the wrestling. And I have to say that is another one of the big thumbs up that I have with MLW. I said during the last review that I did that I was kind of cautious walking into watching MLW because I hadn't identified with a lot of the talent there. Yes, there were people there that I knew. Yes, there were people there that I followed. But some of these people are like I'm being introduced to. You know, like like I've heard of Jacob Fatu, but I hadn't watched Jacob Fatu wrestle. I have not heard of Alex Hammerstone up until I started watching this. I've heard of Filthy Tom Lawler, but I hadn't really seen him wrestle a bunch of times, just, you know, sporadically here and there. So I felt like the job of the show for me was to introduce me to these individuals. And they so far have done a you know pretty good job of it. That being the next thing that comes up on the show is a video package featuring Jacob Vatu, their champion, their world's champion. And it looks good. It makes you understand why this dude is the man in this company. And he looks threatening. He looks vicious. He looks like he could hurt somebody. You know, it doesn't look like a guy that's playing a part. He looks like a legit pro wrestler that could, you know, rip somebody to shreds if he chose to do it. Uh, We go from that to a video. There's no words, but like, you know, I'm hesitant to say the thing Titantron because, you know, that they only call it that because it's WWE and, uh, you know, it was Titan Sports. But um, we'll, we'll call it a, a video screener or ML, MLW-tron or something like that. But it basically is showing that Tajiri, you know, a lot of people remember him from ECW back in the day. Some people remember him from WWE back in the day. That So they're saying that he's coming. You know, it was just a, a on-screen announcement, no words other than his name. Looked good. And it was simple. Got to the point. Uh, we got um, a backstage segment with uh, Caesar Duran, the, for- the former uh, boss on Lucha Underground. I know a lot of people remember him from that. Uh, so he's he is the the new guy here. He's the what they call the matchmaker. Now he's not gonna be able to use any any names that were used in Lucha Underground because I know a lot of people have uh, have begun to filter in from Lucha Underground from uh 
from there to MLW. Well, I'm not going to say a lot. That's probably overdoing it. But uh, you have certain talents that have begun to, to filter in. And you can tell that the Azteca Underground is kind of their little playoff of Lucha Underground without saying it. Uh, and for those who didn't know who he was before, Caesar Duran uh, went by Darius Cueto. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. At least I hope I am. I'm sure somebody will correct me if I am wrong. Um, but he is backstage. He's on the phone. He's talking. He's working some deals out or whatever. He's getting interrupted. And who interrupts him but Matt Cross demanding a title shot. And Caesar Cesar. You know, I'm probably not pronouncing it. that. That's how his Cesar, he obliges. He said, you know, he, he gives him the opportunity to have a title match. So next week. He gets a world's championship match. It'll be Matt Cross against Jacob Fatu. They also advertise the women's featherweight division. Again, that is their version of just the women's division in general. Like I said, this is very much combat sports centric, and they uphold that. Uh, The women that are announced, I think this will be the first female match of of this incarnation of the promotion it will be willow nightingale the former eye candy from wow and ashley vox they will take on each other next week which is yet another reason why i'm like i'm pretty sure that <laughs> wow's doing just a full-on reboot because they ain't you know they ain't told nobody about that and and they've had to move on just like willow nightingale has moved on next match we got a favorite out here, who, and I will say he's a favorite just judged by crowd reaction. A gentleman by the name of Bud Heavy. You heard that correctly. And he looks about like you would imagine with a name like Bud Heavy. He's a pretty heavy-looking fella. You know, looks happy and everything, but pretty heavy-looking fella. And he's taking on Alex Kane, the suplex assassin. Now, you know just... Based on the names alone, who's winning this match? I'm pretty sure I do not need to tell you. First off, Alice Kane, the suplex assassin, is coming out with King Mo. Now, King Mo, some people might remember from uh, Bellator. Wrestling fans will probably more likely remember him from his brief stint in Impact Wrestling. So, King Mo is the second for the suplex assassin, Alex Kane, who attacks Bud Heavy before the bell, and pretty much and this match was a squash. That's all this was. This this was a squash. This was there to show what Alex Kane can do, and he beat Bud Heavy back and forth. Apparently, one of the gimmicks here is that King Mo has a bunch of cards with numbers on them and the word suplex written above the number. Now, to, to put this in perspective, Alex Kane, the suplex assassin, is like what Taz was in ECW when it was this human suplex machine. He's a man who has listed on his lower third when he comes out the ring like he has over 100 plus suplexes in his arsenal. So that is what the gimmick is. King Mo stands there at ringside and every suplex that he throws he tosses up the appropriate number for people to see. Suplex one, suplex two, so on and so forth. 
Now, in this match, he only did three before he wiped Bud Heavy out, pinned him, put his foot across his chest, one, two, three, with a ripcord Olympic slam. A ripcord Olympic slam suplex. We have to we have to specify that. And as he's leaving, Bud Heavy decides to bow up while he's in the ring, and Alex Kane is halfway down the aisle. He flips him off. He gives him the double bird from the ring. Not since Vince McMahon flipped off Steve Austin have we seen that kind of audacity from somebody, that kind of uh, gumption to, to take a take another ass kicking. But he did it, and he got the appropriate response. Alex Kane came charging back into the ring, and then he put on the suplex showcase. German suplex, exploded suplex, another ripcord Olympic slam suplex. Just to just to put Bud in his in his place and then walk off. We cut backstage to an interview with Alicia Etout, interviewing EJ Akunda. The only thing I can really say about that is is he's good on the mic. There he's got it. Ain't no lack of confidence there. That guy is uh, very very good at relating who he is, and uh, as he put it, he is as advertised. I like it. Um, and I like that. I will also say I like that they, I don't know if it was Alicia that did it on her own or what she was instructed to do it. I like that they pointed out his physical stature as well as his professional sports background. Now, he was, you know, former legit uh, football player standing, you know, almost seven feet tall and all that stuff. So I, I, I like that. I like the setup. Then I like that he went into this this whole rant. And like I said, he sounds good. There's a lot of confidence and him is something that we just don't get off of Monday Night Raw a lot of times because, you know, this didn't come off as scripted to me. It came off like I asked you a question and you respond appropriately, and that's what I like. Uh, we go to a 5150 vignette, and I, I'm pretty sure I said it on the last time. I'll say it again, and I don't say this as any sort of disrespect to them, but it reminds me a lot of LAX. Just in terms of tone and uh, you know presentation, the names change, but it's pretty much you know the same thing with the uh, four man crew opposed to three. And I you know and I also said it because LAX went through a lot of different incarnations over the years. There were, there were a lot of members that came in and out of it. Now I know that they were kind of remembered for at least in recent years as uh, Santana and Ortiz, who are not in AEW. But 5150 sat there and they cut this, you know, just, I can't say promo. They had a, like a, you know, a cut, edited vignette. And I guess the only thing that you can say, because, you know, their logo says 5150 street certified. I'm going to go with that. They street certified. They, they, ain't, they ain't nothing about them that don't come off like they street certified. You know, it, it, it's one of them groups like you probably don't want to roll up on them on the street somewhere. If you're on the wrong side of, you know, who they like. Uh, Bobby Fish is the next uh, promo. It was, was kind of like what we got with Tajiri. It is a it was a video promo. No words needed. All the words were flashed on the screen. And you saw it is Bobby Fish being advertised to show up for MLW. Even though I think Bobby Fish also put out uh, not an announcement, but put out a challenge to uh, 
uh, AEW's new TNT champion. So, you know, that that's going to be interesting. I mean, but, of course, AEW lets everybody in. They're, they're, not, uh, <laughs> they're not shy about having people from other organizations come in and uh, wrestle whoever for whatever. So we have that. Uh, but that's not part of this show. They do not acknowledge any of that stuff. Whatever's happened outside of it, that happens outside of it. On this show, it is just simply advertising that Bobby Fish is uh, advertised to, to show up. Uh, they have an update on the Opera Cup. Saying that uh, following the match and how good he was, and also that he felt insulted that he wasn't in it to begin with, uh, MLW announced that Kane, Alex Kane, would be listed as an alternate. So if somebody was unable to make it for whatever reasons, he would be the one that would step in and take that spot. I don't know if that's asking for somebody to get hurt. Well, I don't know if that's asking for somebody to get assaulted, but uh, he is scheduled to be there as an alternate if something does not go right. So I'm just going to say he's probably going to attack somebody. Uh, So we come down to the main event, and it cannot be stressed enough how they prepare their show. To make them look and sound different, for the most part, I think Ring of Honor is maybe the closest thing that you'll get to us to a wrestling program that is doing essentially the same thing. Uh, but we got to tailor the tape. Got to tailor the tape between the two uh, combatants, if you will, Alex Hammerstone and Filthy Tom Lawler. Um, they give you the rundown, and and they give you every reason to believe. You know that this is main event caliber, and it was. It was, you know, it had a, it was a main event match. Um, what I got from this match as I was watching is like if if they were trying to illustrate how powerful and how you know dangerous Hammerstone could be without making Tom Lawler look bad in the process, then Bravo. I think they did a fantastic job with that. Because Lawler did everything that he could without making himself look like an idiot to show you the might of Alex Hammerstone. His strength was in, like, full display here. It wasn't just, you know, him ragdolling him and tossing Brown back to back and stuff like that. But it was the little thing. It was like uh, <laughs> him catching Lawler, him uh, not being moved when Lawler's trying to pull him out by his legs through the bottom rope when he was on the outside. Uh, when Tom Lawler tried to give Hammerstone a clothesline and he ran through the clothesline. Like, like Lawler's throwing a clothesline and Hammerstone just kept going. Like he hit his chest and hurt his arm trying to hit and trying to knock him down. And then he come out the other rope, he did the same thing again. So he hurt his arm twice. And, uh, you know, it's those moments where Lawler was doing these things that helped sell me on who Alex Hammerstone was. Now, of course, in the during the, the course of the match, <clears throat> Lawler goes to cheat. He has to. He pulls out a bullseye. He's, he's trying to uh, 
go after the arm. He's racking it against the post. He's dropping it across the top rope. He's doing stretching it out. He's doing all this stuff. So, you know, that's what I mean. Like, if they were trying to make this look like Hammerstone was this this uh, muscle-bound beast and not have Lawler look bad at the same time, the mission accomplished. Because when it went towards muscle, uh, Hammerstone was able to overpower Lawler on a couple of different occasions. Even when he had him in the corner, he just kind of shoved him off over the top rope and tossed Lawler down to the floor, which I thought was a nice touch. Uh, but... At the same time, you had Lawler who was playing the smart game. He wasn't trying to go uh, into a, a a match that was going to dictate strength versus strength. He tried to pick him apart. He tried to take out his arm. He tried to re- remove that from him. And it just didn't work. So <clears throat> at the end of this, you got Lawler waving uh, towards the entrance ramp as if to call for help. But he called for help that didn't come. And Hammerstone looks at him like, what are you doing? You trying to, you trying to get somebody out here on me? And uh, Lawler's kneeling. He's begging like, no, 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 no. And this is where you got uh, Hammerstone throwing him around. He he, uh, he he tossed Lawler a couple of times. The first toss, I thought that they he might have slipped a little bit. He was going for a German suplex, and it didn't look like he got Lawler over. And the camera, the edit on that was so fast. They cut it right at the liftoff point. And I was like, okay, yeah, they probably cut that because he messed it up and they didn't want to show it on camera. So, I mean, I know what that's like. I understand. Sometimes you got to do that. But if there was any flaw in the match, it would be that. I was like, okay, they probably had a little bit of an error there. But they moved on. They moved on right into the to the next couple of moves, you know, including a power bomb on Lawler. And Lawler looked like he was just worn to, out. He was just worn to pieces. And then came the end. It was the Nightmare Pendulum which defeated Lawler. Now, for those of you who remembered a gentleman by the name of Matt Morgan, and you don't know what the Nightmare Pendulum is, it is Matt Morgan's elevator. Pick him up in suplex position, spin him down, not go not go the normal suplex way, but spin him back down towards like a Uranagi slam. So uh, the Nightmare Pendulum is how I did it, and the Nightmare Pendulum is what won the match. And Alex Hammerstone continues his path going after Jacob Fatu for the world's title. And I have to say, I forgot to mention that this also was a title match because Hammerstone is a champion as well. So... It was uh, it was kind of a match that was tossed in, uh, allegedly to you know potentially throw a monkey wrench in the uh, in the plans for uh, uh, the, the 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 world's title match or or the double title match I should say that's coming up. Uh, that was the MLW National o- Open Weight Championship that Lawler was going after, but but he was unsuccessful in winning. So that was the end of the show. Alicia was backstage preparing to talk to the champion. She was preparing to talk to Alex Hammerstone, who came through the curtain and was immediately attacked by the country unit. <laughs> they, they put a beat down on him right up until the show went off the air. I mean, and it wasn't like it was minutes on end. The show only had maybe like 30 seconds or so left. But they all came in, conversed on him, beat him up, and then that was it. The show was over. 
So we know that Hammerstone is a threat. We know that they want to get rid of him before he gets the, the opportunity to take the championship. And it was another smooth, easy ride of watching the show. Um, like I said, it's, it's not much that you can really complain about here. It's an hour long. Less than that when you remove commercials. Like 40-something minutes. And... It is very wrestling-centric, wrestling-slash-combat-based-centric. Like I said earlier, there's a vast difference between what MLW was and what it is today, where it was an ECW clone initially. Here, it is more like a hybrid between uh, NWA and Bellator, something like that. And And it's good. I like it because it gives them their own identity. They do not have to try to sit there and convince people that we're some different wrestling organization because you can see it with your own two eyes. You can you can watch any given show and feel like, oh man, that that does feel different. It's got it's got an entirely different vibe to it than uh, Raw, SmackDown, AEW, and stuff like that. So that that in and of itself, I thought is. Um, was just just great with with the show, and I'm also looking forward because next week is the first week that they will be featuring the women's featherweight championship. I said said it before; it will be uh, Willow Nightingale and actually Vox. I'm assuming that Nightingale will walk out the uh, the winner here, but time will tell. And I am uh, absolutely looking forward to that because that is what the channel is about, after all. It's about women's wrestling. So we want to see what the Women's Featherweight Championship will do, what it will bring, and what talent will come with it. So that said, (laughs) thank you, ladies and gentlemen, again, for tuning in to this podcast, this review, the, the whole MLW breakdown, the story about Tessa Blanchard and WOW and all that good stuff. And we'll be back again because we got another turnaround with uh, these shows. MLW Fusion Alpha 3 is around the corner, and that is going to set up for Fightland. So uh, I've enjoyed the show so far, and I'm sure that I will enjoy this one. If you haven't had the opportunity, you should check it out. Go and um, uh, if if you're like me, you may not have Vice, but you certainly got YouTube. So go and check out uh MLW Fusion Alpha on YouTube and I'm promising you will be you know entertained it should be a great wrestling experience you can uh, check out our channel WPNWrestling.com again the nexus for all things Women's Pro Wrestling Network. It'll give you the links to Facebook. It'll give you the links to Twitter. It'll give you the links to Instagram and YouTube. And speaking of that, it runs a 24-hour stream, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, featuring matches, events, interviews, video game play, uh, stuff that has been going on for that channel ever since 2013. So there's a lot of content there for you to watch and I am more than looking forward to and want to produce some more for you guys uh, as the months and years go on. Thanks again for tuning in to this uh, particular podcast if you haven't had the opportunity to do so or and thought about it, please hit the subscribe button if you're listening to this on YouTube if you're uh, checking this out elsewhere 
subscribe to our podcast stream so that you know what is going on. It just comes off of Podbean, but I certainly want you to get the notifications wherever you're listening to greater podcasts that uh, a new episode has been uploaded and ready for your listening pleasure. Go to our Teespring store. Check out some of the t-shirts. I got some new designs that I'm working on uh, with a couple of artists, including myself. Uh, that's going to go up onto the, the site. I would really like it and appreciate it if you guys took a look at that. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, you see one that you like, you'll uh, pick it up. Support the uh, support the WPN, support the channel, support the show. And with that, I think that covers all the bases. So I am going to close this show out. If you want to um, engage in some sort of conversation that I, that you want me to address something on air, please feel free to leave a comment in the comment section below. Or you can send a message via the website. And I will uh, promise you that I will get it and talk to it and talk, talk about it. On the air, assuming that is a good question <laughs> or comment. So, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, folks, and we will see you on the next go round. Bye bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>